are listening to Footprints on Our Hearts, a podcast about baby loss, legacy, and learning to live again with me, Alison Ingleby. The baby loss community is one that no one wants to join, but together we can break the silence around baby loss and help each other navigate the rocky road that is grief, because all children leave footprints on our hearts. Good morning and welcome to episode 46 of Footprints on Our Hearts. Today, one of my wonderful guest hosts, Cheney, has an interview with her friend, Emily. Emily's son, Sawyer, was diagnosed with high drops during pregnancy, um, which is a very serious condition, which... um, is often fatal. And sadly, Sawyer did pass away very shortly after his birth. Emily also suffered from mirror syndrome, which was one of the factors that led to her having an emergency cesarean section. And she talks about both these things with Cheney, as well as her pride at being Sawyer's mummy and her love for her son, which is wonderful to hear about. We're now, gosh, well, not quite halfway through December. It feels it feels like we're still right at the start, but I think you know we are we are getting through December and getting closer to Christmas. And I've been enjoying seeing everyone's posts on Instagram for Advent to Remember and what they've been doing to remember their babies at this really difficult time of year. I have to admit that I haven't done as much as I would have liked to have done. It's been a bit of a struggle the past week or two. And yeah, it's just a question of not having enough time um, and not having enough sleep, I think. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. I'm trying not to feel too bad about it because, you know, as I said, I think last week or a couple of weeks ago, um, this year is a different year for us. And although I would like to be able to do all these things for Sky, um, at the moment doing this podcast is my sort of priority in terms of honoring her and remembering her Um, and that's something that I wasn't doing last year or I wasn't doing as as I was getting interviews ready but I wasn't actually doing the podcast so yeah we'll see it's hard isn't it because you know you want to do everything for your babies and you can't always do everything that you want to Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling now. <laughs> you can tell I'm sleep deprived, right? <laughs> it's when I go on a random a random ramble. Um, and I'm going to shut up now and let you get into this interview because that's what you're here to listen to. So I hope you have a gentle week. Um, please don't be too hard on yourselves if you're struggling at this time of year. It's really hard for all of us. Hello and welcome to Footprints on Our Hearts. This is a podcast this week and I'm the guest host. Um, So I'm Chaney Jackson and I'm mother of Tobias. Um, I'm just stepping in for Alison for a few podcasts um, and this week I'm joined by Emily who is Sawyer's mummy. Um, So Emily's here and she's going to start with sharing a little bit about Sawyer's story and why she wants to share her story today. Hi Chaney, thank you so much for having me. Um... Yes. So I just feel like it's it's so important to share any of our stories just because I think it just helps so many others um, who unfortunately have to go down this road. Um, and Sawyer was and is and always will be a huge part of our story. Um, and so it's just a joy to be able to share him. 
Um, so a little bit about Sawyer's story. Um, we found out we were pregnant with him um, in March of 2019, or not March, in May <laughs> of 2019. Um, and we um, had our first scan uh, shortly after 13 weeks. Um, we kind of waited a little bit longer because we had a previous loss and we were you know, just wanting to make sure everything was okay this time around. Um, and so we had our first scan. Um, we finally got to, you know, hear a heartbeat for the first time and, um, we thought everything looked great. Um, and then we found out, um, from our MFM that he had fluid around the back of his neck, which is called a cystic hygroma. Um, and this can kind of mean anything. There wasn't really a, a straight pinpoint answer of why. Um, so it was hard, you know, having our first scan and already getting uh, bad news, but we remained hopeful. And a lot of the things that it could be could easily uh, resolve. So we just kept going for scans. Um, I was high risk at the time because of, uh, you know, previous conditions and things. So luckily I had some extra attention. Um, I feel like every scan we had once a month um, kind of showed more and more. I know at one scan it showed, you know, he was... Uh, having an issue with his kidney, looked like maybe there was club footing. Um, so it kind of just felt like we were getting bad news every time. How did you feel going into those scans? So after you had the first few scans, obviously they weren't as you anticipated. How did you then feel going to the next scan and the next scan? It was, it was really hard because we were so hopeful that things would just clear up. Um, I had done some research because I'd never heard of a cystic hygroma um, mm. before his scan. And so, of course, you know, you go to your friend Google when you don't know a lot of information. Even when the doctor explains it to you, I think it's it's still like our human nature to want to go and research more um, and learn more about it for yourself. So we, you know, I did research. And um, so there was a fear in the fact that there were just so many unknowns and, you know, losing our first pregnancy, we were already like in that like fear of pregnancy after loss, but we also were so excited and hopeful to be pregnant again and to, you know, have this like second chance almost. Um, mm. So it was a bit of a mix. It was, we didn't want to go down this rabbit hole, but we also didn't want to be, um, you know, ignorant to what was, what was happening. Um, so I feel like it was just very mixed. We went in hoping for the best, um, mm. but also being prepared for the worst. Um, so that's kind of, it was very tricky. I feel like to go into each scan, like having both of those emotions playing together at the same time. Yeah. Cause it's a lovely time going to see your baby again, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's such a special moment, but then I suppose the anticipation of not knowing how you're going to walk out of that scan and what new information you might have when you leave. It must have been really, really scary for you. Yeah, I'm sorry absolutely. you had to go through that. It sucks the fun out of the scans, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does. But it was a joy seeing him each time too. So it was, it was like, I don't know. It was hard, yeah. It was mm -hmm. like, what news are we going to get today? But then at the same time, watching him, you know, grow and to us look healthy each scan it was just very bittersweet yeah um so 
you went to that other scan and then what happened from there? So that, um, that scan was around 15 and a half weeks. Um, so about three weeks later, we had our anatomy scan, um, found out he was a boy, um, which we were very excited. We didn't really have a preference, but, um, I don't know. It's just very exciting to find out. I think it was just exciting to find out a gender in general. Um, mm-hmm. since we didn't know the gender of our first baby and, um, and then I don't know, I just got excited being a boy mom. Um, but <laughs> it was, it was interesting at that scan, things started to look better. Like they said, Oh, well, we don't really see the club pudding anymore. And like, it was like our first glimmer of hope, like, you know, the cystic hygroma was still there, but it was shrinking. And, um, yeah, some other things they had found in previous scans, like weren't as bad. So we're like, Oh, you know, like we'll be, um, we'll be one of these, you know, success stories because they said with the cystic hygroma that if it resolves before 20 weeks, then, um, you know, the baby has a much higher chance of survival. And so we just thought like, Oh, wow, like things are just going to keep getting like better from here. So, um, we went into the anatomy scan or came out of that anatomy scan feeling very, very hopeful. Um, not only knowing, you know, his gender, but also just getting that first, like real good bit of news. Yeah. Renewed your hope, I would imagine, Mm because after being knocked back and told all this bad news to have to have a bit of hope and to, yeah, like you say, because you do think our babies could be this big miracle story that Mm -hmm. defies all the odds and it shrinks and he survives and everything's fine. It must have been really lovely to walk out and have a renewed sense of hope. Yes, absolutely. So after that... um, anatomy scan um what was sort of the next stage then what did they want to how did they want to follow on from that scan so they knew that maybe it was shrinking and that there was a bit more hope and there was a higher chance of um sort of these issues would be ironed out um so what was the plan going forward from that um so we were told um i believe at that that 15 and a half week scan um, that he would need a fetal echocardiogram at some point, because a lot of times the cystic hygroma can be caused, um, by some sort of heart defect. So we had our, um, fetal echocardiogram at just after 23 weeks. Um, and you know, that was nerve wracking too. I'd never had that experience before of going in and having, um, you know, looking at his heart from a very clinical perspective. Um, but they found no abnormalities. His heart looked perfect. Everything was functioning great. So again, we came out of that. Um, I mean, I guess you could call it a scan, but it was with a you know different specialist. But we came out of that feeling very hopeful because we could finally rule out something. Um, we knew it wasn't a heart issue um, that was causing all of this. So a couple hours after getting home, Um, Our MFM doctor called us and said, um, you know, great news that his heart looks great, but it also showed um, that there is fluid around um, his heart and his lungs, or sorry, not his heart, his lungs and his abdomen. And so she's like, at this point, I'm concerned that it could be something called hydrops fatalis, which is when um, there's fluid in more than two parts of the baby's body. And so knowing um, 
the research I had done. I knew hydrops patellus was something I was already aware of and was terrified for. That was the one thing I was like, please, please don't let it, you know, please don't let this be part of our diagnosis because um, there's a 80 to 90% fatality rate with hydrops. Um, and she said, uh, I'm, I'm concerned as hydrops. So I'm going to try to get you in um, to a hospital that's about uh, a children's hospital that's about an hour south of us and uh, have them, you know, their team of specialists do a whole run of tests and see what they can find. Um, because at that point it was like not really um, in her specialty. So she wanted to make sure we were in the best care of doctors that could really like give us the answers um, that we needed. So two days later, we um, went down to the children's hospital and started running a test at like 6.30 in the morning. Um, I had to go and do a, like a fetal MRI. Um, and that was terrifying, <laughs> sitting in a tube for an hour, um, not being able to move. Like it was, it was scary. Like I just, she put on music and I just sat in this tube while they did all these sorts of scans. There was times where she, like I had to hold my breath for like, it felt like forever. It was probably only like 30 seconds to a minute, but it was, it was scary. And then we did like, uh, there was like an hour ultrasound that we had to do that would like, they just checked, I think every single bit they could. Um, and so after those tests, we met with a whole panel of doctors that were from different specialties um, because the end goal was basically like if we needed to be delivered at the hospital next door, um, these would be the team of doctors that would be working on our case, you know, through the rest of my pregnancy. Um, and so right then, right after our uh, ultrasound, we met with this team of doctors and they put up Sawyer's, uh, you know, scan picture on this big um, computer wall on the screen and, or the screen on the wall. And they showed us that for sure he had high drops, um, that his fluid was not only around his abdomen and his lungs, but it was also around um, his entire like body, like under his skin around his whole body. So it was a lot worse um, than we had anticipated. And so, you know, they kind of took their turns and saying like what each of their, you know, kind of jobs would be going forward um, with the rest of the pregnancy. And um, you could just tell there wasn't a lot of hope in the room, but even looking at him, I could, I just, I wasn't ready to give up, you know? Um, so that was, that was a really hard day. It was a really long day. Um, and we, you know, we left that hospital around 4.30 and they wanted us to go next door. What we thought was to go visit um, another specialist who would be like kind of like the main doctor on our case. And when we got there, um, they there must have been some miscommunication because when we got there, they said, OK, you're going to go back for an amniocentesis. And <laughs> we hadn't really agreed to that. Like it was brought up, but we never said like, okay, we're going to do that. Um, just because I was af afraid of the effects, um, you know, having a previous miscarriage, I didn't want to, I didn't want to cause that again. Um, as a, that's one of the um, side effects sometimes. Um, it can be quite risky, can't it? I know that that yeah. was an option for me as well. And um, yeah, that was the first thing that came into our mind that actually mm -hmm. that could do more damage. Right. Um, so that's something that should be 
discussed and carefully thought about not just walked into a room and presumed that what was going to happen that must have been quite unsettling maybe yeah it was terrifying um and and my mfm had brought it up multiple times before but we always denied it because we were just too afraid of the risks at that point um the risks didn't out like we just thought it was better to just keep moving forward and you know eventually figure out an answer but but not take the risk of the amniocentesis. And we were not, yeah, we were just not prepared. And they sat me down um, in the chair saying, you know, explaining the procedure. And I started getting very emotional um, because it kind of just all hit very fast. And I was like, what is happening? And they, you know, they gave me the option of saying, you can deny it. Like you can walk out. It's fine. Like we're not forcing you to do this procedure. Um, And I looked at John, my husband, and we kind of just thought, well, if this gives us answers, then then let's just do it. Because at that point, we've been given, we've been given so many unknowns in such a short amount of time um, that entire day that we just thought, okay, well, if this gives our son any short, sort of chance, let's just do it. Um, because they did explain, too, that while they were in there, um, they could potentially try to uh, remove some of the fluid that was around him. So um, I did the amnio and it was terrifying. <laughs> um, you can't move. And so you're just, you just have to stay as still as you can. And that's quite hard when you're emotional and shaking. And so I just, thankfully, you know, my husband was there. I probably squeezed his hand harder than I ever have in my life. Um, and they did the amnio and it went great. And then they tried to remove the fluid and, um, Sawyer was a stubborn baby. He was always very stubborn during his scans. <laughs> so we're not surprised that he was obviously the most stubborn when he needed to cooperate the most. And so <laughs> when they did the amnio, they said, oh, he's in a perfect like perfect spot. We're going to be able to take some fluid off. And I thought, okay, good. Um, and then when they uh, went back, like it was not even, it was less than three minutes. And in less than that time frame, when they went back to go remove the fluid, he had moved to a spot where they couldn't successfully oh, remove so the fluid. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Such such a little stinker from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cheeky little baby. Very much so, yes. Mm-hmm. Was this the fluid, the amniotic fluid that you were carrying? Or was this fluid um, from his body? So it was fluid from his body that they were hoping to remove. Um like the skin edema, so the the fluid that was around uh, his skin. Um, I don't know if it was, I can't remember now if they were trying to remove, you know, the fluid that was around his lungs. I think that was the main, that was probably the main uh, point of interest just because they wanted his legs, lungs to be able to expand. So I think they were trying to remove Mm -hmm. that fluid that was around his lungs um, just so they had more of a chance to develop better and, uh, you know, to expand and stuff as that's, you know, that's the main concern as babies grow. And, and that's, you know, the last thing to kind of develop. Um, so I think that was their, their main objective is to get that fluid away from the lungs, but he was not having it. So they weren't concerned. So that made me feel better. He's like, you know, it's not, it's not obstructing him in any way. Uh, we just want to give him, you know, a little bit more room, but they weren't concerned, um, looking at it, that it was at that time, it wasn't really hindering, uh, his lung development. They were just kind of doing it as a precautionary, let's just try to do what we can um, 
you know, to give them a better chance. So I guess it made me feel a little bit better that they couldn't get it. Although I, you know, I wonder now, you know, had they gotten it, what would have been the outcome? But, um, but I was glad they, you know, at least confirmed that they weren't too concerned about it at the moment. I suppose the whole um, thing during pregnancy is that whatever they do, it comes with risk, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. if they weren't able to do it while they were already taking the risk, they didn't want to add another element of risk and try again or because actually that could do more harm than good as well. It's hard. You just have to weigh it all up, don't you, and try and figure out the pros and cons and what to do in that situation. And I imagine you weren't thinking straight on the day. And I think actually for you to process all of that and go forward for the amnio, you're a strong woman. (laughs) That must have taken a lot of courage. And yeah, for you and your husband to go through all of that in one day. um, Yeah, it must have been really difficult, but at least, you know, you tried and you did everything you could at that time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, that was one of the things we always talked about was that we will do everything that we can, um, you know, to give Sawyer a chance. So mm-hmm. um, it was and it's it's it was so terrifying in the moment because I'm such a or I was such a planner. And so to not be able to, like, think of, you know, think out every single move and kind of just make what we thought were, you know, the best decisions and that moment was it was challenging um but you know looking back we still we still believe we did everything we could um for him so although it was super scary in the moment um you know we know that we we did everything that we could in our power um to give him the best chance so what did they find from the amnio if they weren't able to reduce his body fluid did they find out anything else from it so um, right after the amnio, they, again, communication must've gotten lost. Um, they ended up admitting me to that same hospital, um, for a 24 hour observation. Um, because when you have a high drops baby, the mother is at, ri- is at risk of developing mirror syndrome, which is kind of like when the mom mirrors what the baby is going through. So she takes on, you know, extra fluid, um, and it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty scary syndrome to have. Um, so they weren't, they weren't really messing around. And I think maybe part of it was the observation too, from the amnio, um, just to make sure I wasn't going to go into preterm labor as that can be, um, you know, a side effect of that as well and stuff. So again, I was not, we were not prepared to have a 24 hour, um, observation, but luckily, I didn't show any signs of uh, Muir syndrome. And so I got to go home. Um, we didn't get our amnio results. I want to say maybe it took like two weeks, maybe um, one to two weeks to get our results back. And I didn't find anything. Um, so it was a blessing and a curse just because it was, it ruled out a lot of the um, trisomy disorders. Um, so we knew you know, we did, we knew he didn't have Edward syndrome or, or Down syndrome or um, some of the other really big uh, genetic disorders. Um, so that was, you know, kind of a sigh of relief. But then we still also just had no idea. We still had no idea um, since the amnio didn't come back with anything. 
we still didn't have a cause of why he was getting so sick. Um, so it was still just this waiting game of, okay, well, we'll just keep trekking along. And, um, you know, we kind of just took each week as it came um, with, you know, seeing the doctors and kind of just hoping that things would work in our favor. Mm. Had they um, discussed anything about if you would have him early or um, did they say it had to be a cesarean or did you still have a choice of like your birth plan and what you wanted to do to give birth to him? Um, Did they have anything in place? They said, right, because he's got high drops, we need to do this or this is the plan going forward for your actual birth. Um, What happened with regards to that plan? Yeah, so when we met with that panel of doctors, um, they they asked me a birth plan, and because I was only um, it was only twenty three weeks and five days um, when we had that um, very long day and met with that panel, I hadn't had a birth plan at that point because um, I was so early. I just mm. we hadn't got to that point. We hadn't even you know viewed the hospital that we were hoping to deliver at. And um, there were so many things that we hadn't really ticked off yet um, just because I was so early. So when they asked what my birth plan was, I didn't really, I told them, I was like, I don't really have one. Um, So, and I had always, um, you know, they never discussed the um, way of him being delivered. So cesarean was never discussed at all. Um, so it was, I had no idea about that. And, um, I have nothing against cesarean, but I just always wanted to have, you know, a vaginal birth. And, um, so that was something that was always on my radar. Um, so I knew that was part of my birth plan. Um, but other than that, I didn't really have one. And, um, so that team of doctors did kind of give us a plan as far as, you know, they said, most likely he is going to be born early because it's, it's going to become a point where there's too much fluid. And, um, because I had also developed, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the word now, polio, poly, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I had that. And so because there was just so much fluid happening in a very small space, um, they just, they assumed that it was just going to be too much pressure and most likely he would, uh, come early. And so that's why we kind of met with that team, um, you know, because the hospital that they're connected with is a level three hospital. So they would have all of the resources there uh, to, you know, right away after he was born to get him intubated and to make sure that he was, um, you know, in a NICU situation. You know, they had told us that most likely he'd be in the NICU for several months, um, especially, you know, they were hoping that we would get to. Their plan was always 34 weeks. Our our MFM was always like, well, you know, 32 weeks and we can still, um, that'll still be, you know, okay with us. So we had this plan of, okay, 32 weeks. Like we're not that at that point, you know, we were less than 10 weeks away. Um, And so we felt like their plan for us was very good. Like it sounded like everyone was on board with doing everything that they could uh, for us because a lot of times talking with our MFM, there wasn't a lot of hope um, coming from her. It was, you know, she had discussed, um, you know, ending our pregnancy early and she had discussed fetal demise uh, a lot. And so it was just nice to be in a panel of doctors who kind of gave us that birth plan of what 
they were going to do and that they would do everything that they could um, to give him the best chance. That must have been really nice for them to, if you'd had two different, not conflicts, but two different approaches, should we say, it must have been really nice to know that they were the people that would deliver your baby and take care of your baby. And it sounded like they really cared about him as well and you and wanted to give him the best chance they possibly could. Yes, absolutely. And that's what we were hoping um, because, you know, we thought if anyone was going to kind of deny him that chance that we would go and seek, uh, you know, a second opinion or, you know, switch mm-hmm. hospitals um, because we wanted everyone to be on the same board. We weren't, we weren't trying to, you know, deny what was happening, but we also were uh, not going to lose hope and give up mm-hmm. um, on him either. So um, it was just nice that, yeah, we, we found common ground in making sure that we were all on the same page of giving him the best shot. Yeah. So how far did you get? Did you make it to the 32 week target that you set out with? Um, We unfortunately did not. Um, So exactly, well, so at 23, sorry, at 26 weeks and uh, four days, I had a regular scan. Um, You know, it was a Thursday morning. We had a regular scan with our MFM. Um, you know, we met with her afterwards and she said that, you know, he, his fluid and his high drops hadn't gotten worse. Um, it was kind of just stable right now. And at that point we were okay with the word stable. Um, and so, you know, I met with her, um, she told us of a, um, like a trial, um, that was happening, um, through university that, we would be able to do um, something called a whole exome sequencing test um, that would check a lot more specific um, DNA. And so we were able to get into this trial for free. Um, So we would just need to submit our information and uh, it would kind of give us an answer, um, hopefully give us an answer of what was happening. So she told us his information. And then um, because it was, you know, a warm October, she, I was still wearing flip-flops and also my feet had been so swollen. So I was wearing flip-flops and she noticed how swollen they were. And then she checked and saw how much the swelling went up. And I was swollen from my toes until like up to my hips. And she said, this is not normal pregnancy swelling. Um, so she's like, you need to get over to your local hospital, like where we had planned originally on delivering um, the hospital that's connected with our OB clinic and you need to get admitted. Um, she didn't tell us why, but she just was very concerned. So um, we tried not to, you know, again, go down any rabbit holes and just said, okay, let's get home. We'll get a change of clothes because it's just going to be probably another 24 observation. And then we'll, you know, we'll be able to go home tomorrow. So we grabbed some things. Uh, after a while, finally got admitted and um, they took us back and then, you know, ran some tests. Um, they thought maybe I had, um, well, they did, they did confirm I had a UTI. And because um, my, my urine output was like super, super minimal. And it was also very discolored. So they just assumed it was um, dehydration and I did have a UTI. So they gave us, like, gave me some fluid. Um, 
and also noticed um, the numbers for my kidneys and my liver were not what they should be. Um, but they thought, you know, that could just be a result of the dehydration and the UTI. So they thought, you know, after some time with the, with the fluids that things would kind of start to come back up. They gave me an antibiotic um, and everyone kind of seemed okay. Um, and so about probably about 12 hours after we were initially admitted, um, the OB on call came in and she said, your numbers are getting worse. Um, nothing's improving and you, um, you have mirror syndrome. And so <laughs> I, I lost it cause it was one of those things that I knew with mirror syndrome, the baby has to be delivered. I mean, not right that second, but within a very small window. Um, and I was only 26 weeks and five days at this point. So, um, I was nervous because we were still not to that 32 week. Um, I knew we were past the the cutoff for viability. So I thought we had a chance still. Um, but I was, I knew that um, this was like, we were going to be delivering this weekend um, based off what, a, you know, what I had been told about Mir syndrome. And so um, they told us, um, I mean, the OB pretty much just said, she's so sorry. And then we had um, a palliative care doctor come in and basically give us the option of, okay, you have two options. You can either keep fighting and we'll send you down back down to the hospital you were at exactly three weeks ago, or we'll do comfort care and you can stay here, um, but we can't do any life-saving measures. Um, and... Oh, that was, I knew where my heart was at, um, but John's was a little bit not on par. Um, you know, I was still in that mindset of let's keep fighting. Like this is, we're still getting worst case scenarios. This is not what <laughs> we had planned on, but let's just keep fighting. Like he has been fighting, you know, Sawyer's been fighting this entire time. So let's fight with them. Um, and, and John, understandably so was like, let's just do comfort care. Like, um, you know, we don't want to have to put him through any more stress and, um, like maybe that's the best. It'll be like the most, the more calming of the two. Um, mm. and we basically had, you know, maybe six to eight hours to make a decision. Uh, so we talked it over for a while. So they were going to come back in the morning and, and we'd have to give our decision then. Um, so we talked it over and after talking about, I mean, the entire pregnancy up until that point and then the future, we kind of just said, all right, let's keep fighting. Like we have, we, we don't want to walk away from this with any regrets. And I told him, I was like, I think if we did comfort care, I would always have some sort of regret of not keeping on fighting. Um, yeah. And not saying that that's not a choice for some people, but for me, I just, um, I just felt that that was our best choice. And in in him hearing everything that I was saying, and you know, going through it in his head, he he agreed. And so by the morning, we gave him the answer that we were still gonna uh, keep fighting. We wanted to have um, those options of you know the 
the team to be able to, to help them out. So they put me in uh, not quite an ambulance, but it was like a squad type of vehicle, like a transport vehicle. Um, so they loaded me in by myself on a stretcher, which I'd never done before. Try to stay calm because um, it was scary. Uh, you know, a lot of thoughts go through your mind. Um, luckily, before I left, they were able to give Sawyer a steroid shot. So we thought, OK, like um, and they kind of told us, you know, we we feel good that we can at least get you to uh, the following day uh, without having to induce or anything. So we thought, OK, we still have one more day. We can do this um, or actually two more days because this was a Friday. So they thought we could get to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to. Um, the hospital where I had previously been uh, observed for the Mir syndrome three weeks prior and uh, was admitted. And then um, they began to run their tests and everyone was just very, very calm, which helped because um, we were scared out of our minds. Um, and about four hours, maybe four and a half hours after we were admitted, um, the doctor, the main doctor who's on our team uh, came in and he said, so your numbers are continuing to get worse. Um, your kidneys and your liver are now shutting down um, and you are within 24 to 36 hours away from heart failure. So you have no option other than a cesarean. Um, so we are prepping the, you know, we're prepping the room now. We're getting you prepped. Um, and you will be having this baby within the hour. (laughs) Did you still feel well in yourself? Did you still feel, did you, did you feel ill or do you think if you hadn't been to that routine scan, do you think you would have been at home and just thought you had swollen feet? I, I did feel sick. And, um, because there was so much, uh, swelling, I was, I had a lot of abdominal discomfort, Um, but my regular OB, you know, she said, if there's anything that like, um, if you get to the point where, um, you're like bent over in pain, that's when you need to, like, that's when it's serious. And it never was that it was very uncomfortable and I had a lot of abdominal pain. Um, but it was never like I was bent over in pain. Um, and so I just didn't. I didn't think much of it. I just thought, oh, well, I'm just uncomfortable because there's just so much fluid in a very yeah. small space. And I have a short stature anyway. So I just assumed it was, I didn't think much of it, but I was, I was in a lot of pain for, it probably started about two weeks before that. So for two weeks I was in quite a bit of pain, but I kind of, I didn't really ignore it, but I just didn't think it was concerning. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I did not feel great, <laughs> but um, and in hindsight, I wonder, you know, if I, if I looked at that better, you know, um, maybe things would have turned out differently, but. I, I don't think that at all. I just think that actually it's such a blessing that you were at that scan and you were wearing flip-flops. Right. If you'd been wearing boots or whatever, it might not have been picked up and it, it could have been really serious for you. Well, it yeah. was really serious for you, but it could have been a lot worse for you as well, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Took a slight detour there, didn't I? Um, I just wanted to know how you were doing. Um, So you've just been told that you now need to have this cesarean. 
Um, so they kind of gave us like they gave me a quick rundown of how it goes, like the incision, and then he'll come out, and then they'll close us up or close me up, and then um, you know he said it, the whole procedure will probably take about you know thirty minutes um, from start to finish. But I had never looked into cesarean. I uh, you know, obviously, uh, I'm a researcher and never researched that. And, uh, so I, you know, had this very brief explanation of what was going to happen and, uh, that was it. <laughs> um, so about, um, it was probably maybe within, uh, an hour, hour and a half after, uh, that initial, um, telling us of what was going to happen that we were, I was reeled into the, um, surgery room. And then, um, John was brought in a little bit after, um, had to have a spinal tap place, which was, um, terrifying because I think the person who was doing it was like training because I remember, like, I couldn't see them because they were behind me, obviously. But I remember him saying like, like telling the person like where to put it. and uh, like, oh, like it was, I think it took, it felt like 10 minutes and I don't think it was, that was much of an exaggeration. It took a very long time to get that spinal tap placed. Um, so I'm just sitting there, you know, uh, once again in this position where I can't move, um, and just holding the nurse's hand in, in front of me and trying to focus on her. Um, and so they finally had this spinal tap placed, um, that's also when they took off, uh, you know, Sawyer's heart monitor. So that was the last time I got to hear uh, his heartbeat before surgery started. And then uh, John came in and uh, they began the surgery. Um, and so I kind of just laid there, um, try, just praying. I mean, praying so hard the whole time that that he's okay, that, um, you know, the doctors can can just get to him right away. and and that will be okay. Um, you know, eventually, um, cause we knew it wasn't going to be bright and happy right away. We knew he was going to be having to have a, a lot of work on him right away. Um, and so they pulled him out and it was so silent. Um, and I thought, well, I know not every baby cries right away, but I was so hoping to hear that like first cry. Um, and they, you know, whisked him out of the room right away. Um, and not very long after, um, they came and they got John and they, um, pulled John out and, um, it was at that time they told us that they couldn't do anything. Um, and I didn't really understand why, um, they just said we aren't going to be able to do any of the measures that we had talked about in that meeting a few weeks ago. Um, so they pulled John out and, uh, a few minutes later, they, uh, you know, the, one of the nurses came in and said, um, would you like to, you know, have them in here with you? And it was so chaotic and I was so, so scared at that point. I think that was the first time I let myself feel scared. Um, because at that point, you know, we had no more hope, like they couldn't do anything. So all that hope we had been holding on to kind of just fell away. Um, 
And so uh, I said, no, you know, let them have that, that moment together. And so they, um, you know, John and, and Sawyer got to have that time together. Um, and then it was probably uh, another 40 minutes after that. Um, I didn't know that exact time until later, but it was uh, another 40 minutes. I was still being worked on. Um, and again, didn't realize, you know, why I still was in there for so long until later. But um, same nurse came in and let me know uh, that Sir had passed away. Um, and so, you know, again, asked if I wanted uh, my boys to be uh, brought back in. And I, and I told her no again, um, because I just wanted, I just, even though Sawyer wasn't alive anymore, I just didn't want like any sort of like extra chaos or stress to be added to a situation. Um, cause I wasn't, I was also terrified too, being, you know, laid open on a table that I just, I didn't feel like I could properly spend that time. Um, and like have a nice, you know, family moment, quote unquote, nice family mm -hmm. moment that, you know, should have been going on. Um, so, uh, I didn't get to see Sawyer until maybe about, uh, 30 minutes later, um, when I finally, you know, got to go into the recovery bay and, uh, meet him for the first time. Um, you know, but it had already been maybe 20 minutes after he had passed. Um, during that time when they were still working on you, and John was upstairs with Sawyer. Um, was John able to come and see you when you were reunited with Sawyer? Was John with you then? Did he follow Sawyer back with you? Did you have that moment, the three of you? Yes. So when um, when they brought me to the recovery bay, um, they were already in there. Um, so John was sitting in there and they had uh, Sawyer in one of those, like the normal, like, uh, you know, plastic bassinets or whatever you, mm -hmm. uh, whatever you call them. Um, <laughs> so they were already in there waiting for me. Um, I don't know at what point they went in there um, because I had been in the, um, you know, in the surgery for yeah. this whole time. So I don't know when they went back there, but when I, when I came in, uh, they were already in there waiting for me. So uh, yes, luckily the first time, you know, and then of course, right when I came in, I asked for him right away. And so that's when we were got, we got to be uh, the three of us together for about two and a half to three hours while I was in recovery. Um, so it was, it was the first time I got to see Sawyer and, and it at that point then made sense um, why they couldn't do anything. He was much more swollen um, than his scan that just the previous morning had shown. And um yeah, he just, he, he was so beautiful, but at the same time, just not, I just wasn't prepared, um, I guess, because he looked so much different um, from the scan the previous day. I mean, I, from the scan that they showed, and I know it's not exactly, um, you know, they showed him being just over three pounds. And when they weighed him at birth, he was five pounds, one ounce. So he had developed quite a lot of fluid. Um, which is, you know, it probably is connects with why I got so sick so quickly too. Um, but it was, it was nice. Um, you know, obviously bittersweet, but just to have that, 
though not ideal, that time together, um, the three of us. It was very quiet. Um, you know, it was probably 7.30, 7.45 in the evening. So it was, you know, it was a quiet, um, quiet on the floor. So it was just nice to kind of not have really any distractions and kind of just be in the moment with the three of us. Which I guess is something that if he'd been brought into the surgery whilst they were still working on you, it wouldn't have been the same as that, would it? It would have been more chaotic. I'm really Mm -hmm. pleased that you got that time to just soak it up. And I suppose waiting that little bit longer to see him meant that you could concentrate on him for those two and a half, three hours. That was just for him that time. There was no one fussing around you. There was nobody panicking. You You weren't worrying whether everything was going right with your body. It was just the three of you, just your family time. Yes, absolutely. And his beautiful little button nose. <laughs> yes, it's my favorite. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Um, so what did you do in those two and a half, three hours? Did you just soak it up? Um, did you take any photos or, um, yeah, how did you spend that time? Um, so we, uh, we did take some photos. Um, and... So we have, I think it might be our only photo of the three of us. Um, We had the nurse take and I was nervous asking her, but I also remember that this would probably be the only chance to get these photos um, because the hospital didn't have any sort of device that would allow us to have, you know, a couple days with him or anything. They didn't have a cooling device. So I just... um, I don't know. It was one of those that I was really nervous asking her for, but I'm so grateful because I thinking back, I think that is the only photo that we have of the three of us. Um, and I just, I, I had him on my chest for almost the entire time. So it's one of those like feelings that I can almost like, there's so much that's still like, or st- that has become so hazy from that day, but I can still feel that weight of him on me. Um, and having, it wasn't quite skin to skin. He was, you know, wrapped up in a blanket um, but just having that feeling of him on my chest. Um, and I, I held him there for probably close to the entire time up until they had to, they had to check something. Um, and so I couldn't have him in my arms anymore. Um, so I put him back and then, uh, then it was shortly after that, that they, the nurse came in and asked, um, if it was okay to take him and get photos um, like she would take some photos of him as well. And so we said, of course, because we knew that these would be the only uh, photos we'd have of him. Um, and that we thought when they when they wheeled him away, that was it. That would that would be the last time um, we would see him. So I kissed his head and we said goodbye. And um, shortly after that, they sent us up to uh, like the L&D, like postpartum ward or whatever. Um, not really recovery at that point, but we're like every other woman who's recovered goes to be with her baby. Um, we were put on the same floor with them. So, um, yeah. So did you get to see him again um, after the photos? Uh, so, yeah, a couple days later, um, we were we were in the hospital until Monday. So he was born on a Friday um, and we were being discharged Monday. And I asked uh, the nurse who was, you know, uh, assigned to me that day, I asked her if there was any way we could see him one more time. And I wasn't sure um, 
how that would work or what they would, I don't know. I didn't know, like, cause we had already, um, we had already like talked about, um, we had already had to see the social worker and, you know, decided on cremation for him and everything. And I didn't know how quickly that all happened. So I asked, you know, is there any way we could see him one last time? Cause I didn't feel right leaving the hospital without saying goodbye. Um, and I know that sounds, you know, weird outside of this community, but, um, I just, even though he spiritually wasn't there, I know, I just didn't want to, to leave without saying goodbye to him. So, um, luckily they were able to bring him back up to us and, um, they even suggested, or they had a, um, uh, uh, like a priest, um, or a pastor come up. And, um, so the pastor, like kind of gave a dedication over Sawyer and, uh, we had about an hour with him. Um, and it was just really nice. That was the first time actually that John held him. Um, he was too afraid to hold him on Friday. So, um, it was the first time I got to take some pictures of John holding him and it was just so sweet to see them together. Um, and it just brought me back to like, when I was, when I was on my surgery, like, you know, they, they had that time together. Um, so I got to finally see that, like their interaction. Um, so it was just a very sweet moment of just like an hour together, you know, no nurses had come in. Uh, they gave us that time of just the three of us. Um, so I was very, very grateful that we had the extra time. And also, um, over the couple days, his, uh, fluid had gone down significantly. So he looked like a completely different person. And we, um, we finally got to see those like features that he had of each of us. And it was just a really, really perfect time. Oh, it just sounds lovely. Um, we are starting to run out of time a little bit, but just to finish, could you just tell me the best part about being Sawyer's mummy? What's either your favorite memory or the best thing? Um, there's so much. Like, I'm just so proud to be his mom. Um, but I think the thing we, like, one of the most favorite memories, I think, is just going back to all those scans. Like, even though we were given you know, such difficult news. He was just such a stubborn little baby. And we go back and we, <laughs> those are just one of our, like our favorite memories because he was never in the position he needed to be. Like they were always concerned about checking different things because there were so many things going wrong. Um, and they, he just never cooperated. And it was one of those <laughs> things that we just had to laugh about. Um, and even, I mean, we had a, a normal scan at, um, you know, like 15 weeks and like with my regular OB and uh, she was like, I can't really say, but I'm pretty sure I know his gender. Like he was just never shy about knowing, showing off. (laughs) Um, So I just like looking back, like there's so much, like there's, it's so many scary things that happened, but those scans just, I don't know. I think that was his way of like, clearing the air of, uh, of some of the tension. <laughs> so he obviously uh, liked to show his personality, even through a scan, yeah. he managed to do it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, so funny. I'm sure he's causing lots of mischief up there with Tobias at the moment in heaven. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine my husband and I joke about that. We talk about him in heaven all the time. And we're like, I wonder if he said, you know, if God's had to give him a timeout today or <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. By the sounds of it, probably. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. What a lovely note to finish on. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing everything. It's been so lovely. And we're really good friends now. And I feel like I know you and I've got to know Sawyer through you quite well. But it's been really nice to hear all those other little bits that maybe have been missed while we've been talking. It's just been really nice to hear everything. So thank you so much. It's been lovely. Thank you so much, Sheenie. It's been a joy to be able to share him with others. Thank you. And thank you to everyone that's been listening and joining us on our journeys. Um, It really is lovely to talk about our babies and share them with you. So thank you so much for listening and um, I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Footprints on Our Hearts. Please help me break the silence around baby loss by sharing the podcast with your friends and leaving a review on iTunes. You can follow me on Instagram at Footprints on Our Hearts and Twitter at Sky's Footprints. For detailed show notes and to support the podcast and help me raise money for Tommies, please visit our website, footprintsonourhearts.com. <laughs>